Today we are going with a grace that transforms, and, and I just want to thank you for the opportunity to be here with you today in this capacity. I, I'm excited for what the Lord has in store for us, and before we dive in, I just want to pray and invite the Lord's presence to move in a mighty way today. Would you uh, bow your heads and pray with me? Father, we thank you for Sundays, and I thank you that we can gather in this place with the body of believers. Lord, thank you for the many ways that you continue to bless this church. Lord, today, right now in this very moment, I ask, Father, that you move in a mighty way. Lord, in my life and in the lives of those who hear your word. God, I ask that you unveil our eyes. Lord, transform us today. Rid us of self and let our worship be in spirit and in truth. And all of God's children said, amen. amen. I want to warn you. Oh, I heard that. That was precious. Uh, this isn't in the notes, but I do want to warn you guys. I, I talk low and slow, and a lot of times I compare Pastor Scott to a fighter jet. A lot of times when, when, when he's preaching, you get in, you strap in, and you go, and you're up in the air. And then we got to catch up, right? We got to stay caught up with them. I'm more like a jumbo jet, right? Amen. I know why we're laughing. The size comparison, but not only the size comparison, but, but in the fact that I, I want to I take us on a journey. We're going to get up in the air, we're going to tell a story, and we're going to land the plane. You won't, hope to, you won't have to hold on to the seat as, fast, as hard and white knuckle through it, okay? So I love you, Pastor. I'm just, I'm just picking on you. If you have your Bibles, would you go ahead and turn to Ephesians chapter 4? Go ahead and turn to Ephesians chapter 4 for me. I'll give you just a moment. I hear pages turning. We will get there in just a few moments, but I, I want to set the stage as we begin. Don't be surprised if, if, um, if I have to pause a little bit. This is a hard sermon to preach for a few different reasons. But when I was a little boy... I wanted to be just like my dad. I wanted to, I mean, the man operated heavy equipment. He drove semis, he worked in the dirt, and he smoked Swisher Sweet cigars like Clint Eastwood. <laughs> I mean, my goodness, what little boy doesn't love all of those things? At least an 80s little boy, right? It may be, maybe minus the Swisher Sweet cigars, but anyway, the man was my idol. So much so that I would put on his work shirts and, and often I would slide an ink pen in the front pocket of that shirt and I would pretend that I was shooting the grade uh, in dirt. Some of you are looking at me like that was Chinese. But shooting the grade is basically just, just shooting different high spots and low spots of dirt to make sure that water flows, right? Or else when we go to the bathroom, it's going to be real gross. So I would pretend that I was shooting the grade to lay pipe or I would pretend to be hauling equipment because I would, I would take a rope or something and I would chain it to my bicycle and put my little die cast metal case excavators in it and I would pretend that I was hauling equipment or I would pretend to have my own construction site. Uh, this isn't in my notes, but I feel like I should set this up for you. We used to have this, how many gallons was it? A, a bajillion gallon propane tank out back. And behind that propane tank, I would just dig and dig and dig. And I legitimately felt like I could dig a hole all the way to China at that time. And I would pretend 
in that very spot that I had my own little construction site. Now, don't feel sorry for me when I say this, but as I grew up, I started to realize something. As much as I admired that man, as much as I loved that man, as much as I wanted to be that man, I was never going to be him. There was no amount of changing or transforming that could happen that would magically turn me into my dad. Who I thought I was or who I wanted to be just didn't match up. It wasn't who I really was. In other words, we could say, metaphorically and literally, that the clothes just didn't fit, right? All right, so now that we have this visual in place, I want to I pick up in Ephesians 4 where Pastor Scott left off last week. If you were here last week, we heard Paul's writing in Ephesians chapter 4, and we, we learned a few things about what it looks like to be a, to, for us to mature and to be like Jesus. We know that we are called to walk worthy. We know that we should pursue unity and that we should do ministry because all of us possess a gift that can and should be utilized to build up the church. And we covered essentially last week, this is one of my favorite lines, that some of us just simply need to grow up, right? Growing up and maturing to be like Jesus lends us very well to where we are going today in Ephesians 4, verses 17 through 32. If you were in Ephesians 4, would you simply say, praise Jesus? All right. Now, this is where it gets fun. I want you all to stand for the reading of God's Word. Here we go. Ephesians 4, 17 through 32. It says this, Now this I say in testifying the Lord that you must no longer walk as the Gentiles do in the futility of their minds. Futility here means pointlessness or the uselessness of their minds. They are darkened in their understanding. They are alienated from the life of God because of the ignorance that is in them due to their hard-heartedness, hardness, I'm sorry, of heart. They have become callous and have given themselves up to sensuality, greedy to practice every kind of impurity. But that is not the way you learned Christ, assuming that you have heard about him and were taught in him as the truth is in Jesus. To put off your old self, which belongs to your former manner of life and is corrupt through deceitful desires, and to be renewed in the spirit of your minds. And to put on the new self, created after the likeness of God, in true righteousness and holiness. Therefore, having put away falsehood, let each one of you speak the truth with his neighbor, for we are members one of another. Be angry and do not sin and do not let the sun go down on your anger and give no opportunity to the devil. Let the thief no longer steal, but rather let him labor, doing honest work with his own hands so that he may have something to share with anyone in need. And let no corrupt talk come out of your mouths, but only such as is good for building up as fits the occasion, that it may give grace to those who hear. And do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God, by whom you were sealed for the day of redemption. Let all bitterness and wrath and anger and clamor and slander be put away from you, along with all malice. Be kind to one another, tenderhearted, forgiving one another as God in Christ forgave you. 
This is the word of the Lord. You may be seated. There are, there are many different avenues that we could go today packed into these 16 to 17 verses, but I want to I unpack these in a couple of blocks. Uh, they'll, they'll end up having three main points, and if you are a note taker, these blocks will be first, Paul explaining our new identity, and then second, how we live within that identity. So essentially, verses 17 through 24, we are encouraged by Paul to put off this old self and to put on this new self, or in other words, to put on a new identity. And then in in verses 25 through 32, Paul helps us understand how to live within that identity or self. So are we ready to go? All right, we're going to, maybe 15 minutes, we'll see. No, I'm just kidding. All right, 17 through 19, the ESV says this. Now this I say in testifying the Lord that you must no longer walk as the Gentiles do in the futility of their minds. They are darkened in their understanding. They are alienated from the life of God because of the ignorance that is in them due to the hardness of their heart. They have become callous and have given themselves up to sensuality, greedy to practice every kind of impurity, but that is not the way you learned Christ. Eugene Peterson's translation of this in the Message Bible sounds like this. This is not up on the screen, so Cody, you don't have to, don't have to look for that. This is just a nugget. The Message Bible says this. It says, and so I insist, and God backs me up on this. In other words, Paul is speaking with authority here because God is backing him up, Right? That there be no going along with the crowd, there be no, uh, no going along with the crowd, the empty-headed, mindless crowd. They've refused for so long to deal with God that they've lost touch not only with God, but with reality itself. They can't think straight anymore, feeling no pain, and they let themselves go in sexual obsession addicted to every sort of perversion. Eugene Peterson's translation helps us really get a grasp or an understanding of how mindless the Gentiles had become, but it had nothing to do with them being dumb or ignorant. It had everything to do with how callous their hearts were towards the gospel. And a side note here, there actually is a warning in this for us if we're, if we're open to receiving it, and it's very simple, but it's this. If we harden our hearts... We, uh, we are also subject to this futility. Do we understand that? Shake your heads like this. Yeah. So let's keep going. Verses 20 through 22. But that is not the way you learned Christ. Assuming that you have, have heard about him and were taught in him as the truth is in Jesus. To put off your old self, which belongs to your former manner of life and is corrupt through deceitful desires. Hidden here in verses 20 through 22 is my first point. Now you'll notice on your, on your half sheet, if you have it, there are three points on there, and they are very simple. That's because I'm a very simple-minded person. Amen. Yep. I'm hoping, Mike, that's because you're like me. Yeah. It's a simple point. Point number one is simply this. Out with the old. All right, putting off the old self is, 
It's only possible, just like Jacob talked about this morning and we sang about uh, several of these songs, putting off that old self is only possible through the transformative work of the Holy Spirit. And we will talk more about that in just a few moments. But this idea of putting off and putting on seems to be pretty important to Paul. He tells us in Colossians, tells the Colossians in Colossians 3 to put off the old self. He tells the Romans to discard the deeds of darkness and to put on the armor of light. And he tells the Galatians to put on Christ like a garment. So we see the theme. There's something important about taking off and putting on, right? And if you're anything like me, visuals help. So when I walk through chapter four, and I literally picture this text as the taking off of some old raggedy clothes and putting on some new ones. All right, so, so we see this need to, to put off the old because it belongs to our old former manner of life, the corrupted life full of deceitful desires. So what's next? Our first, if our first point is out with the old, then naturally the second point should be, man, you guys. I don't even need to preach this. Y'all got it. You got it. In with the new. Great job. So we, we end verse 22 with, with putting off the old self, which belongs to your former manner of life. And we know that it's corrupt through deceitful desires. The verses 23 through 25 it picks right up and it says, and to be renewed in the spirit of your minds and to put on the new self created after the likeness of God in true righteousness and holiness. So what does this mean? What does this mean to be renewed in the spirit of our minds and to put on this new self that is created in the likeness of God? Well, I mentioned part of it a moment ago, and that is the transformative work that is only possible through the Holy Spirit working in our lives. But we need to understand something. We also have a responsibility in that matter. What is that responsibility? I am so thrilled that you asked. Yes, it is true that God makes us new. And yes, it's true that God's word and the Holy Spirit transform us. But we have to set our minds on things above. It is our responsibility to give attention to our minds, where we let it wander, where we focus, and on and on and on and on. If then, Paul's writing, I'm sorry, to the Colossians in chapter 3, he says this, If then you have been raised with Christ, seek the things that are above, where Christ is, where he is seated at the right hand of God. Set your minds on things that are above, not on things that are on earth, for you have died and your life is hidden with Christ on high. For those of you, if you're anything like me I, as a worship pastor, I, I often hear things in songs, and that sounds just like a song that we sing, right? My life is hid with Christ on high. And for those of you who are wondering what song that might be, it's a great hymn of our faith that is called Before the Throne of God Above. And the line is literally, my life is hid with Christ on high. But so now that, we, now that we've tossed the, the old raggedy garments, we've tossed them and we've swapped them for, for something fresh and new, where do we go from here? 
Well, verses 25 through 32 clue us in on how to live out this new identity. Let's read here, verse 25. It says, Therefore, having put away falsehood, let each of you speak the truth with his neighbor. For we are members one of another. 26, it says, Be angry and do not sin. Do not let the sun go down on your anger. And give no opportunity to the devil. Let the thief no longer steal, but rather let him labor, doing honest work with his own hands so that he may have something to share with everyone in need. And let no corrupt talk come out of your mouths, but only such as good for the building up, or in other words, the edification as fits the occasion, that it may give grace to those who hear. And do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God by whom you were sealed for the day of redemption. Let all bitterness and wrath and anger and clamor and slander be put away from you, along with all malice. Be kind to one another, tenderhearted, forgiving one another, as God in Christ forgave you. These instructions seem pretty practical, right? Speak the truth. Be angry, but don't sin. That's an odd one, right? Be angry, but don't sin. Oh, okay. Don't let it consume you, in other words. Don't steal, rather do honest work. Here's a big one. Watch your mouth. Don't be a bitter person, rather be a kind, tender-hearted, and forgiving person. The funny thing about this list is that it is not an exhaustive list. It's not a complete list. In fact, when I was thinking through what I wanted to say here, I'm pretty confident that each of us can create our own list based on our own conviction. And this is where the rubber hits the road for me. How do we actually live this out? Well, that's point number three. We have to check our clothes every day. <laughs> there was a joke in there somewhere. Physically and metaphorically, right? We have to check our clothes every day. Verse 30, verses 30 through 32, it says this, And do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God by whom you are sealed for the day of redemption. Let all bitterness and wrath and anger and clamor and slander be put away from you, along with all malice. Be kind to one another, tenderhearted, forgiving one another as God in Christ forgave you. I want you to take a look at something. This isn't a magic trick. What is this? Yeah, it's cute, ain't it? Most of you that would see this shirt would probably think that this is uh, my two-year-old son's shirt, Crew. He could probably fit in it. But it's actually mine. Nicole shrunk it. <laughs> I'm just joking, baby. You didn't shrink that shirt. It's a little plaid shirt of mine from about 35 years ago. Apparently, I've always been a plaid guy. I know today I'm not in plaid because it was very cold outside, but usually I'm a plaid guy. But apparently, I've, I've always been that. And if I were to try to put that shirt on right now, <laughs> I 
What would happen? A terror, right? The shirt more than likely wouldn't last past my arm, right? It would tear because it doesn't fit me anymore. It's no longer who I am. You see, some of us, we keep trying to put on our old clothes. And it's uncomfortable because the Holy Spirit is trying to work. And you want to stay in your nice, comfy clothes. Here we go. This could get me fired. Some of us have an oversized, comfy hoodie that we always go to because it's comfortable. Because mm. it feels good to us. But let me tell you something. It grieves the Holy Spirit. We are wrapped in a Snuggie of pornography. Oops. Instead of putting on the armor of God, we're putting on this, this hoodie of shame. We're putting on these, this hoodie or of regret or the baggy sweatpants of lust. And then we come to church on Sunday and we shake hands and we smile at each other and we pretend that we're something that we're not. Oops. Just like I did when I was little, when I wanted to be my dad, I pretended. And we sit here today Pretending. Folks, I am the king of pretending. I can smile and I can wave with the best of them. But you see, I know when the Holy Spirit is grieved in my life. I know when the Holy Spirit is grieved in my life because I feel it with everything that's in me. I know when I shouldn't, when I do something that I shouldn't have done or I say something that I shouldn't have done or I snap at my kids when I shouldn't have snapped or, or, I, or I pop off to my wife when I shouldn't have. Whatever the situation is, you, you guys can all rattle off your own, I'm sure. I'm confident. But I repent and I apologize. And you know what? I allow the Holy Spirit to transform to continue to work. Nobody said that transform, transformation was easy. And in the process of allowing the Holy Spirit to convict, I check my clothes every day. I check the garments that I have on and I make sure that I don't have on the same thing that I had the day before. It's not a one and done fix. It's a lifelong process. It's a lifelong process of sanctification that is completed when we take our last breath here and we wake up in heaven. Glory be to God. It's a hard message to preach today, folks, because I stand here today preaching it to me. When I have to say, Luke, 
Luke, you've got to go out with the old. Luke, you've got to go on and in with the new. Luke, you big goofball, you've got to check your clothes every single day. Luke, you've got to set your mind on things above. And the battle rages on and on and on for me, just like it does for you and for you and for you and for you. None of us are spared from it. And we can all meet here today pretending. But let me tell you something. God knows. God knows. And God loves you. And God stands there with his arms wide open, ready to receive you. To welcome you back. He hasn't moved He hasn't gone anywhere. Our hurried lives and our lack of spiritual discipline blocks out his voice. But he's there. Are you buried in sin today? He's there. Are you buried in anxiety today? He's there too. Are you buried in depression Folks, he's there. Are you buried in fear? Are you buried in anger? Are you buried in hurt? Are you buried in pornography and lust and all of the things that the world has to offer? Let me tell you something. He's there. Why don't you come today and Shed that old self and put on that new self and let the Holy Spirit work to help you check your clothes every day. That is the grace that transforms. Amen. Let's pray. God, we are a broken people. God, we're a broken people who put on a mask and we walk into this place pretending. We pretend that everything is okay. God, we pretend to let you work. And God, as we sit here today, some of us even pretend to know you. And Father, you still love us in spite of who we are. Father, my prayer right now, God, is that you make us so absolutely uncomfortable that we can't pretend anymore. God, I give you this time. Do with it, Lord, what you will. It's in your holy name I pray. Amen.